Hi, welcome to the Mastermind Project podcast. My name is Brian McRae. I'm the founder of the Mastermind Project. And this podcast is intended to help you grow as a leader, to grow in productivity, and also to grow in relationships. Those are the three topics that we will always talk about here at the Mastermind Project. Chances are you're a small business owner or maybe a commissioned sales professional and you're looking to grow. And we know that growth doesn't happen accidentally. It happens intentionally. So once a month, we host an event designed to help givers grow. And so that's what we're here for. And this podcast is taken from a general session of a portion of our live event, uh, which we've now gone to virtual uh, as of 2020. So if you're comfortable, please join us. Feel free to join us. And you can go to www.brianckmcrae.com. And you can register for our next event, which is the third Thursday of the month. So sit back and enjoy the shared learning experience here of the Mastermind Project. All right. So guys, there's a concept called study, practice, teach. Um, by the way, I didn't make this up. Um, I first heard it through a guy named Jim Rohn. And Jim just said it kind of, I was listening to something and Jim's kind of one of those guys. Uh, anybody had any Jim Rohn? Okay, I'm gonna, let's, let's really go back. We got Clicker. How many of you had Jim Rohn audio tapes? No. Ah, Jerry, all right, you and me, buddy. All right, CDs, you can go and take a look. If you, have, if you, if you want to, to ignite a fire inside of yourself to grow personally, go to YouTube, type in Jim Rohn, and spend some time watching a video of Jim. But Jim said, said many things that impacted me, but one of the things that I heard him that I really didn't know what it meant, but it just resonated with me, was study, practice, teach. And Jim, when he was talking about it, was it's a way to add value to other people. Jim had this thing called enlightened self-interest. And when I heard that, I'm like, what does that mean? Those are some big words for a guy, and I heard this a while ago. I didn't really know what it meant, but I've come to know what it means, and I'm going to just try to pass it on. What, if you had to, what does enlightened self-interest mean? Let me ask you this. What does self-interest mean? Self-interest, yes, but in a business sense, go ahead, Melody. Enlightened self senses be you're more aware of what you're doing purposefully. If I, I like that, let me ask you this: If I say somebody is in a business sense, if somebody is self-interested, is that a compliment? No. 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 So we've talked about being a giver. We've been talked about uh, being a taker. We've been talking about being a matcher. Somebody that's self-interested, what do you think that, would they fall into giver, matcher, or taker? Taker. Okay. Jim flipped that. He said, let's start with enlightened self-interest. And that's what he talked about with study, practice, teach. Enlightened self-interest is taking a self-interest in, in, in myself becoming the best person so that I can add value to the people that I come in contact with. So rather than coming into a room and figuring out what you could take from it, he's, it flips the switch. It says, how can I come into the room and add the most value? And study, practice, teach was his philosophy of doing that. Now, by the way, in a little bit further study, by the way, if uh, for those of you, there's a, the, the ancient book of wisdom, the Bible. It's, uh, if you want to go take a look there, there's something. I, it's, uh, it's, in, it's in the book of Ezra. And Ezra was uh, an individual who studied the law. He practiced the law and he taught the law. Now, this is not a Bible class. I'm not going down that path. But the point is, it's, it goes back for centuries, centuries. 
And Jim just had a way of explaining it. And I hope for just, if I can just give you one ounce of the inspiration that Jim did, I hope that changes things. So I'm gonna share just a little bit of context about what it means. All right. If I stay, you know, I'm going to stay right here. So, um, all right, you probably can't see that, but you can see that it's a chart. So I want you to take a look at, uh, if you go back to 2010. So in 2010, uh, by the way, I'm in the mortgage business. I mentioned that I've been in it for about 20 years. So in 2010, um, if you just go back, I'll give you a little context. I was, uh, the company that I was working for, my business was actually going very well. Um, now that was a little bit different. I built a referral-based business. 100% of my business was referrals at that point in time. If you go back, and again, it's over a decade ago, but business was good. Rates were low. I worked at a good company. Um, we didn't take any TARP funds. Stable company, and we were able to help people. My business was still exploding. But I'm looking out, and what's the thing that everybody said for the better part when rates were low, what do they always say? They're gonna do what? They're gonna go up. So here I am, by the way, I'm a straight commission professional. My kids, I've got three kids at the time. I've got a wife that is trying to raise those three girls, and I'm responsible for bringing things home. Now, if you're straight commissioned, what's the thing you're always worried about? Where are the next ones coming from? So. Take a look at housing sales. So I know interest rates are low and right about, by the way, let's see. Yeah, right there, right here, guys, right there. About that time, that, that's home sales, by the way. Home sales were falling off a cliff. Why? Banks were giving out loans. Banks were giving out loans. I was giving them out left and right. <laughs> so, but the point is there had been some bad loans given out and it created, and I'm not here to judge anybody, um, but the point is there was a subprime crisis that created a, a devaluation of properties because people couldn't afford the homes. By the way, that's completely changed. For those in the mortgage industry, you know that's changed. Underwriting's never been better. So all that being said, I'm looking at it and I'm saying, what am I gonna do when rates go up? Yeah. I was in a referral-based business. Now, for the mortgage folks in the room, who's your best referral partner? Who, sends you, who, who refers you most? What profession? Realtors, what else? Financial advisors, exactly. Same for me, CPAs, attorneys. estate planning attorneys, absolutely. Um, so there's certain professions that refer us pretty consistently. We call those ambassadors and champions around here. Um, so I, I was concerned. So my thought process was, what can I do? This was literally, what can I do to attract realtors, financial advisors, CPAs, attorneys? What can I do? It started with realtors and it started with financial advisors. Yeah. Meet them. Meet them. I want, how, how many of you want to meet people who can refer you a lot? Okay, then pay attention to what's going on here. So what I did is I'm like, okay, well, let me see what I can do. And that is when I was listening. By the way, how many of you listen to podcasts these days? Okay, this was the precursor to the podcast. Yes, I'm dating myself. But by the way, these are timeless principles that we're going to talk about with Study Practice Teach. This guy right here, Michael Mayer. Some of you have heard this story. I was listening to an interview. He said, Brian, I called him and he said, Brian, have you read my book? I said, no, I haven't. I think I've joked about that one in the past. You don't call an author and ask about questions about their book if you haven't actually read it. <laughs> Not a good idea. 
Um, but the cool part was in the interview that he was doing, he was being interviewed about how, and he had gotten 500 referrals in the previous year. See that chart? How did he get 500 referrals when home sales are at historical, or at that point, had just crashed? So guess what I did? I bought the book. So, and that's what I mean, and it's the first thing. One of the things that I realized was if I wanted to be good, I needed to study something that I could actually get better at. Referrals were important to me. And that's why this quote by Jim Rohn, I love it. What is valuable to you, you must study, practice, and teach. So what is valuable to you? If referrals are valuable to you, I would encourage you. By the way, we had Chris Robinson speak here a couple years ago. Um, you're shaking your head. Chris, amazing. President of John, anybody heard of John Maxwell Organization, largest leadership training company in the world? Chris is president of one of their divisions. He spoke here a couple years ago, and he said, read. Read around two things. Problems or passions? Problems or passions? Well, guess what? I needed more referrals. I needed to be able to build relationships with my strategic partners. So I started reading. And that's where this, thing whole, this whole thing started because study is simply that. Let's take and break this down. The verb devote time, it's a verb. By the way, there, we're gonna study, practice, teach, nouns and verbs. We're gonna use the verb because wh why verbs? Verbs are action. If we want anything in this room, we want action. So it's to devote time and attention on a subject, especially by means of books. Not the only way to learn, but books is what, the de is what this particular definition mentioned. And I like books, so. All right, um, and it says look, look at closely in order to observe or read. So what we're trying to do is, I want you to think about this, and I'm gonna give you guys a little bit of time at the table here for a second, because we're gonna stop. And I want you to ask yourself, What's a problem or a passion that you have been studying? And I'm just gonna give you a little bit of table talk and I'm gonna give you a chance, guys, at the table. What's a, what's a book, a resource, a podcast, something that you have read, consumed, digested, that has helped you solve a problem or is built around a passion? By the way, it's an open-ended question. We're gonna give you guys a little bit of time at the table to talk and then we'll come back, all right? So, all right. So what, uh, all right, what did, what did you guys learn there? What's the most interesting thing at your table? What happened? We find that we both like soccer and we both coach teams and he's got three teams that he coaches. Okay. So was there anything you were reading around that? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. What were you reading? I just, I, I get myself into a bunch of different coaching aspects and, and make sure I understand the sport. I have a kindergartner, I have a first grader, and I have a third grader. So the sport's different for all three of them. So making sure I understand and I can relate my youngest is a girl, so yep. girls versus boys, the aspects are different too, you know. So notice, now, now notice, by the way, how much, perfectly acceptable, how much is Joe talking right now? He's excited. He's excited. Guys, I'm telling you, there is something, when we light a fire inside somebody else's head about personal development, it changes the dynamic of things. Thank you. By the way, I didn't mean to interrupt you because I could actually, I would love to actually hear, you're excited. I want to hear more, but we got to talk about this. So, but, but, but what you're going to see, this is, it's, Joe, it's, it's a perfect example. How many of you saw, saw excitement at your table? Holly's smiling. Look at what's going on when you just start, but when people invest in themselves and share it, what's happening. But the point is it ignites the growth mindset. And guys, I'm telling you, this is just an opinion. We got a lot of things going on in the world that actually keep us from doing this. 
But the growth mindset, there's a book by Carol Dweck, not the topic of our conversation today, but Carol wrote this book and it's amazing. So it's called Mindset. And just take a look at the two and just ask yourself, I'm, I'm not going to read through all these, but when you read one of those up there, which one jumps out to you? If you can read it back there, it's kind of small in some cases. Challenges help me grow. Challenges help me grow. <laughs> yes, me too. What else? Failure is an opportunity to grow. Failure is an opportunity to grow. Feedback is constructive. I think that kind of falls in line with the failure. Feedback is constructive. Absolutely. Okay. Anybody else? Anything resonate up there? I like to try new things. <laughs> I like to try. So, um, how many of you are signing, in for, signing up for uh, when I'm frustrated, I give up? How many want to sign up for that one? <laughs> how many uh, you know I, how many of you want to say uh, failure is the limit of my abilities I mean is there anything even remotely encouraging about a fixed mindset guys but guess what what is our default mindset Frustration. it's the fixed you have we have to take and I'm going to change that from from a you to we it's a constant battle that's where growth mindset comes in, and that's where spending time in books, studying things around problems or passions that you have will make all the difference. You saw the energy in the room as soon as we said, what are you studying? You're still smiling over there, so. <laughs> all right, so that's the thing. What we wanna do is we wanna ignite the growth mindset. Now imagine this. Who should, you, who, who should it be ignited in first? Yourself. Yourself. This is the enlightened self-interest that Jim Rohn was talking about. So we have to study things that matter, okay? So I'm gonna come through here because we've, uh, we've got some stuff I wanna get to here. Um, all right. So I wanna move on to practice here real quick because um, I think we spent some time talking about Michael Mayer's book. Uh, that was really the source of what this event started at. And candidly, I had spent about, mm, I started in 02, so I'd spent about eight years in the mortgage industry focused on primarily one thing, my competence. And I was going out into the marketplace and I'm, I had some success as a loan officer, but I was all based off of competence. And when I started, I had a coach who also encouraged me to start reading. And the point is, is that this was one of the first books that I read um, at that point in time. Now, by the way, kids, by the way, three kids, all under the age of 10, 11, Three girls, running everywhere, busy mortgage practice. Who has time to read? We have to make time. And I will tell you, if I hadn't picked up that book, things would be drastically different. So the point is, it's not just about studying, though. It's about putting it into practice. Um, you know, I'll share a quick story. Brad and I have been together, like I said, for the better part of 10 years. Um, i got to quit saying that. It is 10 years now, I think. So <laughs> better part of 11 years. How's that? Uh, we'll, we'll graduate. Um, but the next one of the books that had a big impact, it's the one David just mentioned, was the 12-week year. It's why I put a picture up there of it earlier. But the 12-week year is another book. How many of you struggle with productivity? Getting the things done that matter. So put it, getting things done, that book, and how, we've all read productivity books. Michael Hyatt, I've read his stuff. By the way, great books. I read a productivity book by him. Um, he's got a great vision book, by the way. Um, I'm a big, uh, how many know Stephen Covey? Yeah, so I've studied a lot, 
But the one thing that the 12 week year did is it just gave me one idea. And it was just measuring your weekly production and breaking your year down into four parts into 12, four 12 week increments. So I read the book, I went and I actually implemented it for a quarter or two. And then it was the fourth quarter, probably about, I don't know if it was four or five years ago, but I went to Brad and I said, Brad, I hadn't rolled it out to him on the team. I was just doing it personally. And he and I were working very closely together. And I said, you wanna try this? And we set, kind of set some goals. And for those of you who've been through Jumpstart, you've probably heard of our BAM goal setting method. I don't know about you, but BAM stands for baseline, amazing, and miraculous. So we kind of put some numbers around it and it's the fourth quarter, which by the way, real estate and mortgage people, what's the fourth quarter typically? That's the, yeah, it, that's what most people say. So, um, but we just set some goals and guess what? We went, we took what was in that book, we broke it down and we crushed our goal that quarter. Now, candidly, our execution wasn't all that good. Um, <laughs> Brad's shaking a, you're supposed to say yes to that. I'm trying to give you the same issue. Yes, you're right, Brian. So, um, but, you know, so for those of you who have implemented the 12-week year, I always tell people, you're going to laugh. The first thing you got to do is put it to practice. And then I see Dan shaking his head. And then what happens? Once you put it to practice, you get better at it. And that's the purpose. So we look at it, perform or exercise repeatedly or regularly in order to improve or maintain one's proficiency. Guys, I will tell you though, our, even though he and I would look back and laugh at our execution, we got a result. And we had an infrastructure, a process, a way of thinking that allowed us to accomplish bigger things. And we kept getting better at it. And we're still refining it on our team. We're not experts at it. Guess what we are though? Consistent, because we keep practicing. We keep practicing, we keep practicing. So the point, I'm trying to share some stories with you because here's what's gonna happen. You're gonna hear an idea today how many of you heard an idea that you want to implement already? Okay, go take massive action. Fall on your face on whatever idea that is that has sparked something in you, because that's what makes a difference. So, and we'll probably, I've got a quote for you here that I'll share with you, because another mentor of mine shared it with me, but the, the point is we got to put this to practice. So we study something that matters. You read a book, something running through your mind, you're like, I could do that. Just do it. Go implement it. Because that's where enlightened self-interest, you're working on, who, whose responsibility is that? Ourselves. ourselves. It's ourselves. So when we take that initiative, it is the key for everything else. Now, let me just ask you, if you, Joe, I'm gonna use the soccer example. If you hadn't read a book, been on a blog, wherever you got something that ignited that fire, what if you wouldn't, what if you hadn't read those? Would you be as excited to talk to him about that today? No. Where would the conversation have gone? Who knows? Yeah. Hey, you might have moved tables. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, no, nobody ever does that on Dan. So, all right. So the point is we have to practice. And practice means what? One simple, what's another word for practice? Do. I like that word. Action. Action. Rehearse, follow through. follow through. Here's another one for you. Implement, implement it, implement the idea. All right, all good words. Okay. Hey, that works. See, told you. All right. 
All right, and then we've got teach. Guys, this is where, there, this is where the script flips. Study and practice, whose responsibility is that? Whose benefit is it? It's ours. When we start to teach, and you can see the definition, show or explain. So this table over here, what book was talked about? Anybody? Atomic Habits. Okay. So, guys, how many of you started to explain or share something that excited you about Atomic Habits? Laura, did you go? Yes. I'm sorry. Ask your question again. No. <laughs> yes. She just the said author, yes. I Yeah, she just told me the author while you were asking your question. Is that a quiz? Is that a quiz? James Clear, I think. So, okay. Notice what's happened, guys. They implemented it, and what happens? I wrote it down. You wrote it down. Are you having an influence on someone else? Did when when Laura mentioned it to you guys, you got excited, and I know Jessica, you're a big fan of the book too, and Rachel is loves it. So you get excited about something. When somebody's excited about something, do they have a positive influence on you? Okay, how do you get referrals? Know, like, trust. How many of you think a positive person is more likable, more knowable, more likable, more trustable? Not that those are words, but they are today. <laughs> Just look, I mean, how many, you know, when you hear the excitement, you wanna spend time around people, especially when they're willing to share when you're sharing something that's worked in a humble way, how does that come across to someone else? To create influence? In a positive way. So guys, I'm, I hope, what I'm trying to do is just it reinforce the point. The study and the practice are your responsibilities. It's your benefit. But when we start to teach, and again, you don't have to be in a room like this. Guys, I never imagined when I picked up that book the first time that there, you know, a, almost 12 years later, there'd be a group of people talking about study practice. I had no clue. But here's my point. When you do the study and the practice and the, then you start to teach, just remember this. When you get excited, just remember this phrase. Do for one what you wish you could do for many. Do for one what you wish you could do for many. So if you're sitting here and you're a financial advisor and you're looking at this and you're saying, there's some great ideas here. I need to share it with somebody who can, who can refer me business consistently. Do it for one. Take your excitement and when you get a chance in an authentic way as you're having a one-on-one, -on -one, as you're getting into it, and there's several different types of conversations we can be having, but when you're in a relational conversation and you're asking great questions, it's gonna open up the door for you to share something that's exciting specifically if it relates to a problem that somebody's having. Now, by the way, how many of your best referral partners are struggling with referrals? Every one of our referral partners wants more referrals. They may not be struggling, but they all want more. They all have a desire. So that's something, if you study those things, how many of them want to be more productive? If you can give them a system or a process for thinking about how to help them, who do they think about more when it comes to your core competence, when they need to refer you for mortgages? I was talking to Rachel the other day, talking about the 12-week year. It came up in a conversation with one of her referral partners. She's sharing it with her. Did you give her some hope? Gave her some resources? She's going to be able to accomplish more. So that is the point, is we want to be able to, rather than just talking exclusively and always about our core competence, we can add value outside of our core competence. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that's the point of study, practice, teach. So... And I could spend some time on that, and I'm going to go back, and here's the quote. 
I love this one. How many of you know Tom Hill? Tom's legendary. Um, he's a coach. But uh, I heard this from Tom. He said, uh, one idea well executed can change your life forever. So is it getting, you know, what is it? What's the one idea for you? Is it to start to, is it to, start to be a reader? Is it to study something that matters? Is it to practice something that matters? Is it to teach something that matters? I'll leave that up to you, but it just takes one idea. And if, it, if there is an idea, I hope study, practice, teach resonates with you like it has me. Because when we take an interest in developing ourselves, we then can become a river. And that's the key behind teaching. If we take all this knowledge and we store it up here and only use it for ourselves, it's pretty good. We'll get a benefit. But when we can start to share it, again, with just one person, that's when we become a river and that information flows through us and we create more influence. We're more likable, noble, likable, and trustable. My words. <laughs> all right. I don't know that Dr. Tom Hill would endorse that as an idea to get that phrase copyrighted, but all right. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to move over to uh, building a, uh, a radically referable network. Um, so guys, this, uh, this is a, uh, how many of you have seen this little pyramid before? Anybody? Okay. Yeah. If you take a look, it's inside the book, Seven Levels of Communication. I'd encourage you to study this. Just study that. If you just study this triangle, this pyramid, you'll get a lot of benefit. And I'm going to let you take a look at it for just a second because we're all small business owners, commissioned sales professionals. We've all acknowledged, most of us have acknowledged that we want to build a referral-based business. The key to building a referral-based business is on that chart, on that pyramid. What do you notice? This is the mastermind concept. That means you get a chance to actually. Advertising oh. is at the bottom. Advertising <laughs> is at the bottom. That's the first thing that was said. Yes, your impact level goes up the more personal you are. Some of the one-to-one meetings are, uh, are relationships. In, it, exactly, Lou. So yeah, the, the higher you get on that, the more influence you're building. So anybody else? Brian. Yes, Melody. Mine, because I'm old school, is handwritten notes. Of um, course they are. I, I have Tell your story. Oh, um. Come here, Melody. Uh huh. Okay. You, well, you got to stand up. Oh no. <laughs> Melody, I'm come coming. on. All right. By the way, um, first of all, she's going to tell us. A, go ahead. I'm going to let you tell your story first. You sure? I'm positive. Okay. I think. Um, Hold on. No, just kidding. Last last time we got together, there were note cards. Thank you, note cards left on the table, and we were challenged to send them to someone we would like to do business with. And there was a gentleman that I used to work for years ago in the building industry, and he always uh, made it better leaving him than when you found him. I mean, he always gave you some little nugget of something. And now I have an opportunity to give back to him, so I wrote him a thank you note. And just said, hey, just hoping you're having a great day and blah, blah, blah. He called me and said, honey, are you okay? <laughs> and I said, oh, I'd be so much better if I had 15 minutes of your time. <laughs> so it ended up working, but um, I'm going to open a handwritten note because I might be getting invited to something that I want to go to. Um, or it's, oh, I got to see what this is. Uh, texts are great, um, but there's nothing like a handwritten note to stay memorable. And it's more influential. So completely agree. Um, by the way, thank you for sharing. And um, 
I also want to say, by the way, Melody is one that is, uh, she's one of our academy members, and she is showing up here every month with a desire to serve. Uh, I just want to say thank you. I don't know that I had a chance to thank you thank earlier, you, but she shows up, and you see everything that's kind of Dawn, Rachel, and, and Melody kind of helped set up today. So if we could give those three a huge round of applause. So. Uh, thank you. All right. So this little pyramid, though, had a big impact um, because it, it allowed me to understand how to build a business, build influence. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to share a couple things that have been kind of trademarks. And you'll, you'll hear this. This is nothing new today, but I'm going to share some context with you. So hopefully it will have an impact uh, on you. But it's uh, uh, something called the triangle of trust. Let's see how we can put this to work. Um, and I call it the triple win. Um, in the book, Michael calls it the triangle of trust. And so what is a triangle of trust just in general? If you had to guess, triangle of trust. I see the inquisitive look. Triangle of trust. It involves three. <laughs> Hutto, and you, uh, you ace the test. It involves three, the power of three. Let me ask you this, uh, when you show up in this room, are only the referrals in this, uh, what's more powerful, the referrals in this room, the relationships in this room, or the people that the relationships in this room know? The, the latter. That's what the triangle of trust is. So what I want you to do is I want you to take a second because again, what we're trying to do in this little mastermind project community is we're trying to be givers. And I know, by the way, some of you are looking at a pipeline. Some of you are looking at your upcoming closings. And you're wa some walk into this room and are like, how do I find a client? And I'm going to encourage you. That is a, it, I'm, not, I'm not knocking it because some of you just got bills to pay. The purpose of this event, though, is to get us to think bigger. How can we serve? How can we help the person in front of me so that I can build influence with them and they can help me with my goals? If I help somebody with their goals, their aspirations, if I can encourage them, be a positive force in their life, could be a handwritten note, whatever it is, a force for good, how do I get that so that I can then turn around? And this is one of those ways. So I'm gonna give you a quick story. It is the, um, it's real simple. There's you on the floor left, and then there's someone in your network, someone you know, could be a client, could be a strategic partner, referral partner, could be any of those things. And then there is someone who is not in your network currently that you don't know that you would like to know. Now, I am going to use uh, Jay's analogy. Jay always talks about, uh, you know, if you're, if you're hungry and you're, and you're walking around and you, there's an orange, you can pick up an orange. You know, would you rather have an orange or would, if you're hungry, would you rather have an orange or would you rather have an orange tree? tree. The tree. So... How do we find more orange trees? In how do we get more orange trees in our network that produce the fruit that allows us to grow our business? Jay tells the orange tree story a little bit better than I just did, but I hope you guys get the point. So, but what I want to say is that person of influence that's not in your network, this, you can use your current network in order to grow. And I'll give you a couple of examples. So, um, this is years ago, um, but I had a client going through a tough situation. His wife had cancer. Um, we kind of connected um, during, the, during the transaction. Loved, ended up just, he's one of my favorite customers of all time. Um, and he just asked me, he said, Brian, hey, my, my wife is going through cancer. He said, would you come and 
come to the house for closing. I'm like, sure, absolutely. So I show up and his name was David. Um, so we're, we're talking and we had a great conversation. But during that, um, I just, he said, you know, he asked me, started asking me about his business. And then I just simply asked him, you know, at that point in time, I was looking to grow financial advisors in my practice. And I asked him, I said, he asked me, is there anything I could do to help? Notice it, that was just him. So you attract people like that? He asked, I said, yes, I'm looking for an introduction to a financial advisor. Lo and behold, he sends me to Kevin. So interestingly enough, I didn't really take, at that point, I didn't know David well, but he, had, uh, he introduced me to Kevin. He said, you gotta meet Kevin. You know, just asked him how, you know, at that time, I said, how good is, you know, I'm looking, for, I'm looking for really good financial advisors so that I can refer my community to. And um, that's when he said, he introduced me to Kevin. Well, Kevin, um, by the way, ends up, uh, I met Kevin over 15 years ago. Um, and Kevin and I have continued to be referral partners back and forth. He's one of many financial advisors. He's phenomenal at what he does. But um, that, little, that little one ask has generated, I cannot tell you how many clients I've lost track. At last track, it was well over $30 million worth of referrals. And by the way, those are mortgage dollars. And for, <laughs> yes, not, yeah. I, I love you guys, but. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, it's interesting how real estate and mortgage can say that. So um, anyway, so, um, but it's a significant, if you have a referral partner at last count, and that last count was probably five years ago. Um, of, of first level referrals that he had sent to us, not to mention the additional ones, which I'll talk about in a second. But my point is, guys, it's the people in our networks that know people who can be influential in our business. So I want you to be thinking about who is it that you need to know? Who's the orange tree that you need to add to your database? Because guys, in this market right now, everything we're doing, especially real estate, mortgage, and even financial advisor, if, you're, if your database isn't growing, what's it doing? Dying. So what I'm trying to do is give you some authentic ways to connect with other people who are influential and give you a methodology, a mindset that you can take to the marketplace that will get them to think about you when it comes to your core product and service. So another little quick example. All right. So Here's a couple of questions I'm gonna to give to you guys if you wanna implement this. And then I'm gonna give you another example and then we'll put it into practice a little bit better. But these are some questions, by the way, you notice around here, we like to build a portfolio of quality questions. Why do we wanna have good questions, guys? Helps you learn more about yourself and somebody else. It's all about conversations. So how many of you like to talk? My guess is when Joe was talking earlier, he got asked a question. Is that, am I correct? Yeah. If we ask good questions, people start talking. When people start talking, who do they like more? The person that is listening. We gotta get people to talk. So again, that's just another philosophy. Have a good portfolio of quality questions. But here's some questions that will work for you. Number one, you have to know who your orange tree is. You have to know who your orange tree is. If you don't have one, go back and take a look. Success leaves clues. There's somebody in your life that has referred you a lot. Find out what the characteristic of that is and repeat it. I had one, I was having this conversation with a, real, uh, uh, a realtor at one point, and they said my best referral source is, uh, is hairstylists. You're laughing. It's not the one Lou goes to. <laughs> it's hard to. It's so, hard to do. for them, it was a hairstylist. 
Guess what she did? She listens, well, the hairstylists listen all day long, hear all kinds of things. They know, what, they know things before the significant other usually does. <laughs> the women are laughing, so. But my point is, what do you think this real estate agent did after that? Well, she started getting she hair done. Her. <laughs> she started getting hair done once a week, yeah, different places, no. No, she started asking everybody she knew the next question. On, how well do you know your hairstylist? She went back to her customers and simply said, how well do you know your hairstylist? And then she just said, on a scale of one to 10, how would you rank them? She said, I'm looking, and the whole point is, I'm looking for some nines or tens that I can refer my community to. I've got clients that are moving to the area. They're gonna need services. I wanna make sure that I can tell the wife of the, of the kids that she's got, here's a place to go. She wanted to have resources. So she started building her business around that. Guys, how much does that cost? Zero. Who feels good? Who's the, now let's go to the triple win. In that particular scenario, where's the first win? The, the realtor. The realtor asking the, the client. The client. Yeah. yeah, so she started, she started asking people that she knew. So just ask, if I asked you if you knew a hairstylist, it's a win for the person. They feel like they're helping. Mm -hmm. The second win is for who? The stylist. And where's the triple at? The client. The client. Yep. So client, hairstylist, and you all win. It's a triple win. Because think about it. In this particular situation, and I'll go back. Here, let me. Uh... By the way, here's the, uh, here's the key. Let me finish this up, and I'll give you some examples. But that's, that's where the triple win comes into play. So would you be willing to text or call and let know I'll be reaching out? So somebody says in this particular situation, somebody says the hairstylist is great. Hey, do me a favor, can you call her? I'd love to chat with her. Would you give her a buzz and just let her know I'll be reaching out because I'm, I'm looking for a 10 to be able to refer my clients that are coming to. Now, by the way, I'm playing realtor at this point in time. But insert yourself into that conversation. The point is, do you feel like you're adding value during that conversation? Does that feel like a conversation where you're adding value to other people? Jennifer's saying yes. Now, is it different than calling up and asking somebody for a referral? Yeah. Now, I'm not knocking it. Some of you do it. A lot of people do it, and it can work. But when we do it this way, we build referral partners that last for a long, long time. And I'm going to give you another quick example here. Another quick example. Maybe. Wrong way. All right, so these are the conversations that I was referring to earlier. Um, this is the, there's four different types of conversations. Um, and this is uh, Jason Womack and I, by, by the way, another guy who has spoken here at the event. We were kind of bantering around and we kind of agreed that there's really four types of conversations. There's restorative conversations, by the way, I'm not talking about fixing anything today. There is transactional relationship, which by the way, in the mortgage business, we fall into that a lot. We try to build a business around the transactional conversation. So we'll call an agent and say, hey, the appraisal's in. By the way, do you want to grab coffee? Totally get it. It works. But I believe my personal philosophy is, is that relationships are deepened, more authentic, and more sustainable when we go below the line. And by the way, the lower left-hand corner says relational. If I can, get into, if I can ask quality questions that are relational-based, how's your family? What are you doing for fun this fall? 
What's working in your job? What big goals do you have? If I can get into questions like that with my best strategic partners or potential champions, it changes the game. Versus just calling them and saying the appraisal's in and you wanna get coffee. So my point, and then secondly, the referral conversations, that's getting into authentic conversations about how to refer people. And those are things that we talk about. We don't have time to get into that completely today, but there's some great ways to do that with genuine, with doing it through genuine curiosity. But I'm gonna come back and give you guys one more example. So Kevin ended up being a great referral partner. I called Kevin one day and we're having a conversation. We had a great conversation, kind of a relational conversation. And um, we just asked, what, you know, what can I do to help you? And by the way, when you ask people that, what ends up happening? Ah, uh, nothing, you're good. Yeah. Well, they usually, sometimes they'll say that, or if they're really focused, and Kevin's a focused advisor, he was looking for some professions as well. But um, I just said, hey, um, you know, if you're, tell me, I, I need a good, if you, had a real, if you had a client that was looking to buy real estate, who would you recommend they call? And he mentioned a name. And so he introduced me to John. Now, John happened to be a great realtor. He introduced me, made a great call for me. He said he's known him for years but put in a good word. Now, Kevin had known me. I'd deposited uh, relationally with Kevin. And so Kevin called him and put in a good word for me. We had lunch with, with John, and that's been a strategic alliance for a, a, a better part of a decade now. And I've known Kevin for close to 15 years. So those introductions that, um, that are made, you know, that's, that's what works. So what I'm trying to do is just give you guys some context. And those relationships have spurned off other things because we just try, if you care about people and helping them build their business, your business becomes radically referable. So, all right. So I've given you some questions. I've given you some uh, ideas, some questions to ask. And I see you've been taking some big notes. What's the big thing you took a note on today? The big thing? Yeah. I like the triangle. You like the triangle. I learned that was very important to me. Which part of it? Or where you can use a connection you've already made to make a whole new, more valuable connection. How old are you? 18. 18. <laughs> Watch this. He might be up here teaching this someday. So, <laughs> Guys, truthfully, um, I love that you're here, by the way. Thank you. And, um, so, and thanks for sharing. But the things that we're trying to teach here, some people would call them evergreen. We want evergreen things because I'm telling you, there's going to be another algorithm that's going to come up in our businesses. There's going to be a new technology that's going to try to replace us. But one thing that can't be replaced is what? Relationships. The purpose of this event is to help you connect with other people in a selfless way with enlightened self-interest. So I hope this whole concept, and if you hang around this event, we're going to continue to try to put things in front of you that you can go out and implement. And I will tell you, when you do it, you're going to show up the next month like Melly. Melly was just here last month. Was she excited about her handwritten note? Yes. You want some excitement in your business? Hang around here. You want some excitement in your business? Invite a potential champion, somebody who could refer you multiple times. And I encourage you, go out afterwards and have lunch and just talk about what you've learned, what you can implement together. You can say it out loud. That's something I want to get back to doing. Uh, when I first came to Mastermind, that was something that we always did. We would go across the street to McCormick and Smith's, and it was like Mastermind the sequel. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, I'm just telling you, you talk about this stuff with, talk about things, talk about things that matter with people who care. 
invite people here and determine who cares. There's been people who have showed up at this event and they would invite people who wanted to do business with them. And they use this event as a filter. Here's what I hope. If you're a giver, I want you to show up here. We want to teach you how to be a giver without failing. Because, by the way, takers, and I'm not knocking, look, there's, there's certain ways to do business, and I'm not trying to sound judgmental, but we've all met the guy who comes up, shakes our hand, and wants to sell us something at a networking event. How many of you bought something? How many of you showed up at an event like this and built a relationship that has lasted a long, long time, and it's been productive? Raise your hand. Okay? There's results that happen from this. So, that's what the point we're trying to get back to, is it's relationships matter. Okay. Did it? All right. So we've talked about study, practice, and teach, but the whole key to it is what? Your actions. It's the actions. Guys, I hope you have written down something. I hope you've learned something today. But the success of this time today will only be determined by one thing. It's the action you take after this meeting. If you don't take any action, nothing's going to change. You pick up the phone and call one of your customers and ask for the orange tree, ask for an introduction to somebody who can, who can refer you, and then call, call them. Invite them out to, if you take a look at the triangle, one-to-one. Invite them to an event like this. Get on the phone with them. The whole point is, guys, this is not. I was just talking with one of our best partners. Um, she's, a, she's an ambassador for our business. I called her, and I just said, she's blowing it up right now. I asked her, what's, the, what's working for you? She goes, Brian? Events, one-to-ones, phone calls, just caring about people. I'm just reaching out, I'm hitting, my, I'm hitting my, my clients. I'm hitting my strategic partners. So guys, this stuff works, we just have to execute it. All right, speaking of which, um, how are we doing on time? 11 o'clock, 11.10. 11.10, so. all right. So before we get going, what, uh, let's go back to the previous slide. I'll, I'll talk about the academy here in a second. What is the... Uh, what is the action that you want to take after this meeting? Anybody? Figure out who my orange tree is. Figure out who your orange tree? Which, by the way, in the roof, do you mind if we unpack that for a second? Sure. So you've been hanging around here. I'm, what, who is your orange tree? Who is somebody who refers you consistently? Um, probably realtors and insurance agents. Realtors and insurance agents. Okay. Um, well, you've already figured it out. I guess, yeah. <laughs> All right. Done. Okay. okay, how to talk to people to get their orange trees, I guess, then. Ask my customers who their realtors and insurance agents are. There we go. Look at that. Woohoo! Good brainstorming, Brian. <laughs> That's awesome. Hold on real quick. Yep. What can you do? Um, send notes, make phone calls to my customers. Um, can I give you a quick suggestion? Yes. Okay. Do you follow up with your customers? Yeah. Okay. So when you do, just add this one question. This one works time and time again. If you had a friend or a family member that was looking to buy or sell a home, who would you recommend they call first? Okay. Now, why does that question work, do you think? Because I'm asking their opinion on something, I guess. The lead cost. How, many, how many of you, by the way, realtors, realtors, you cannot raise your hand. How many of you know a real estate professional? Everybody does. So and it gets a warm introduction. And they obviously know, like, and trust them, like what she was going to say. Yep. So you pick up the phone. You, your client 
makes a phone call, introduces, calls and says, hey, Bernadette's gonna be calling you. She's looking, she's looking for some great real estate agents and I gave them your name. But it shows that you value them too. Well, there's a win. So you just call them and then you call the agent. Hey, okay. Sally recommended, Sally had a great recommendation. Now, if I were you, Bernadette, since you're sponsoring, I would make sure to invite them to this event. That's what I would do. That's using an event. So you're on the phone, invite them to an event, invite them to a one-to-one. -one. It's a great way to build a business. Okay, perfect. Yeah. I'm not sure something that I learned from you. Swing. Um, I don't know if this adds to the triangle, but what's been most impactful for me that I've taken away from this is knowing who your orange tree is or your golden goose. And then more important than that, knowing who theirs is. So if you can help so uh, for, for me, my golden goose are lenders. I know lenders want to meet realtors, so I make it a point to go out and seek out realtors to try and facilitate that intro to kind of help stimulate, and that's my fourth. So, so. Yeah, Sean? Well, I, I was just going to, that's exactly what I was going to touch on. This. And I'm not saying this to be like, ooh, he's all that. It's because I am very self-interested. I am very self with my time. Like I have to force myself to remind myself how much I enjoy hanging out with kids and family and loved ones. And how about that? Happens, right? Because I just want to go Beer. do my thing, right? <laughs> Beer and so that, that for, therefore it is such a conscious effort of whose orange tree can I be? Um, and for whom can I be doing that, right? And so and through that you discover your own orange trees, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. But it keeps my mind focused where it really should be. Well, and guys, there is, um, there is a great way, and not for a plug, but one of the best ways to become an orange tree is give referrals in the manner that you like to receive them. Yes. So I'm just gonna encourage you, if you wanna be known as a giver, give referrals in the manner you'd like to receive them. Now, I see Holly shaking her head. I see, now, just remember, there is a stream in most of our businesses. There's upstream and there's downstream. So just a kick, please know. There's a lot of stress. If you're, a, if you're a lender, the lender's in the room, there's a lot of stress that you perceive that you have to give referrals to agents. And I'll be honest with you, it's hard. It doesn't, they don't just fall off of trees. You're, you know, it just doesn't happen, not organically. But it, when it does, it does happen, but it, it, it's not as frequent as we would like because that's an upstream referral partner. What I would encourage you to do, and one of the keys to what I have seen in my own personal profession was being able to give, to give referrals downstream as efficiently, as effectively as I possibly could. So when it came to financial advisors, when it came to CPAs, estate planning attorneys, insurance agents, giving referrals downstream in the manner that I would like to receive them from my upstream referral partners allowed me to build a system that I could then train them, my upstream referral partners, how to refer down to me. Does that make sense? Okay, we'll probably talk about that. But speaking of which, Grab the card that's in front of you before I forget. Grab the card that's in front of you. Please fill that out. We're shaping our 2023 content plan. You answering those questions will tell us how we can serve you at a higher level. So we'd like your feedback. So contact information's on the front, but if you turn around, help us help you. Help us help you. By the way, we'd love you to fill out the front, but the back is, is probably the most important part of this. Help us help you. What's the biggest challenge that you're having right now? 
By the way, Don, these are small letters on here. I gotta get my glasses. <laughs> What's the biggest challenge in taking your business to the next level is the first question. What's your biggest productivity challenge? What's your biggest challenge or unanswered question about growing your network and business through referrals? The more specific you can be, the better we can help tailor content to help you overcome those things. And then if you'd be so kind, just tell us what you thought on a scale of one to 10, whether or not you would recommend this event to a friend or a colleague. And then what would you tell them about the event? That's helpful for us as well. See, when you're in the front of the room, there's a fine line between pens and phones. I don't want too many phones to get picked up, so I gotta give you guys just a few more. <laughs> Try to let the last few pens go down here. I don't wanna lose you to your phones. All right, so um, just a couple things here as we close out. Um, many individuals come up and they wanna know more, and so uh, this event's been going on for, like I said, we're in our 12th year now. Um, and after the event, I had people asking me, how do I do all this stuff? These are great ideas. Um, and they wanted to know what we were doing. So I created a course called Jumpstart. And it's Jumpstart, how to double your referrals in the next 84 days. By the way, anybody know what 84 days is? 12 weeks. 12 weeks. See the influence there? Lou gets it, yep. So the, um, the point here is if you wanna double your referrals, we kinda of cover some of the things that I've studied, practiced, and taught. It's condensed into this one course, and we have put it into the academy and made it even more affordable. People have been paying upwards of five, $600 to take that course when I was teaching it live. It's been a while since I've done that. But we did record it. We had, uh, if anybody knows J.J. Kirkpatrick, he's a local guy, um, an NYU grad, um, and, is just, and he went specifically for cinematography. So this guy's amazing. He made me look somewhat good on camera. So that's how good he is. But the point is um, that course is in there. And many of the things that we've talked about are there, the things that have been studied, that have been practiced and have been taught. You know? So that information is inside the academy. And that course is there. And if you're interested, because that's the one thing is we've, as we've been running this event, we find out that 80% of professionals don't have a referral system. They don't have a personal development system and they don't have a system for accomplishing their goals. We help you with all of those things inside the academy. That's what Jumpstart does. I'd encourage you, if you liked anything you heard today and you wanna to double your referrals, get into the academy, would be my encouragement to you. By the way, it's $39.99 a month. 
And if you just join for one month and take the course, I'm okay with it. Matter of fact, if you take the course and don't like it, I'll give you your money back. What I'm looking for is I want you to come in and I want the same excitement that we saw from Melody in terms of an excitement about your business. We wanna help people build a business through relationships. We would like to have a positive influence in this community how business is done. So that's what the Academy is for. I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on that, but I'll just give you one other story. I heard Brad here just a little while ago talking, uh, I think you mentioned Never Split the Difference at the table. So Never Split the Difference is one of those books that as a, an individual I read it, um, and, a, and a quick story, um, I read the book and um, had used it. By the way, Never Split the Difference is a, 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 a book on negotiation. Lead hostage and negotiator for the FBI. Notice I said hostage negotiator. So can you really split the difference in a hostage situation? You're laughing. The answer is no, you can't. I mean, if it's your kid, you don't want the kid split as a hostage. So anyway, so splitting is a bad idea in his world. So he didn't have a way. So he just went through, and by the way, it's not really about hostage negotiation. It's one of the best sales books I've ever read. Why? Because he uses curiosity to open doors, to build influence so that he can get the result that he wants in a positive way. So, so much so that the, one of, the, one of the, the hostage takers, really mean guy, call, basically said, what's your boss's number? I need to get you promoted because I don't ever let anybody go. Yeah, yeah. So that's how good the book is. Um, so big endorsement, but my point is, as it relates to Brad, it's something that we've been sharing with our referral partners. We have one referral partner that we were having a conversation with, shared it with her, guess what? Now. I say referral partner now, she was not referring us at the time. Ding, 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 ding. She was a potential champion, had not referred us. But we had, because we had been studying this and we put it to practice, we took a little cheat sheet, created an implementation guide for Never Split the Difference. I sent her a copy of the book and we also sent her a, a, an implementation guide. And guess what? It opened the door to a bigger conversation. She shows up at the office and she has been, at a, she's been a, a, an ambassador for our business for probably four or five years since we read the book and shared it with her. Because she said, Brian, that one book just saved my client $7,000 on a building inspection. Because I just used the questions that you shared with me in the implementation guide. Now, I'm telling you that this, guys, because I'm telling you, this is how we built our business. I'm sharing it in the academy. The implementation guide is in the academy. You can print the implementation guide, use it however you want. So what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to give you tools inside this academy to help you build an authentic referral-based business. So anyway, that being said, that's just another example of something we've been doing on our team with some results. Um, and I know Dawn's even taught, you know, by the way, study, practice, teach. Dawn is a real estate agent, Dawn, you know, she's, a licensed broker, not competing, she's not actually selling, but we brought her on, the board, on board to help build our business with real estate agents. Guess what she did? She taught a course on never split the difference. She's trying to help agents, so study, practice, teach. And we've gained several um, champions in our business through that pro process. Again, I'm trying to share concepts with you and I'm trying to help you implement it. And if you're looking to take your implementation to another level, I'd encourage you to take a look at the Academy. So, does that make sense? Okay, all right. So if you're interested, uh, there's a slide there, all kinds of things. You can, uh, there's three simple steps. You can scan that code. I think there could be on your, if you're interested in the academy, uh, there's a code on the signs on your table. Scan it, fill out your information, and then all you gotta do is come up here, and we got a ton of stuff for you. 
We've got the Jumpstart Playbook, which we'll give you. That'll be the corresponding piece. And then we've also got uh, a 3 one journal. And then you get to pick a book over there as well so that you can start to implement. So anyway, so that's if you're interested in joining. And we've got all kinds of resources. Uh, and I cannot even begin to tell you. There's about COVID hit, and we put two years worth of resources in there for you to go in. There's implementation guides. I could go on and on, uh, but the development team has done a great job with that. All right. So with that, I told you, scan the code, complete the information, and then uh, you just come up here. We've got some, some takeaways for you. We'd love to have you. We'd love, Melody just mentioned, she's, a, she's an academy member. I would love there to be more individuals. I see Jen shaking her head. We'd love more academy members to come in here and be a light for the people that are in the room because you've implemented something. You've studied it, you've practiced it, and now you're willing to share it. It's how we build influence. So, all right. So with that, what I want you to do is take some notes for uh, uh, if you're interested in connecting with us. The Mastermind event um, is gonna be on a podcast. We've got Ian back there. This handy little, Ian, can you hear me? Is it working? Oh, awesome. This will be a podcast. I think you're probably gonna cut that out. I hope. Uh, but anyway, we have a podcast. So if you want to go back, we've got Chris Robinson. If you want to listen to Chris Robinson, go back and listen to Chris Robinson. Go to iTunes or whatever it is. You can go listen to Chris Robinson. John Rulin. How many of you were here for John Rulin? John was an amazing speaker. Jason Womack. Aaron Walker. Yeah, there you go. I'm telling you, they're all in there if you want to go back and listen. And you're, you know, they call it uh, no extra time. Put it on iPod. Just listen to it while you're driving around. There's some great episodes back there if you want to listen to that. So that being said, connect with us. And then what we'll do here is uh, make sure you mark your calendars. We're going, to have, uh, we're going to have Mike Burke in here next month, and he's going to have a great message, and it will tie in exactly. Uh, by the way, does this, does this event, do you feel more or less positive walking out of here today than when you showed up? More. more. Positive psychology has a difference. When we bring a positive mindset to the marketplace, we get, more, we get better results. Mike's gonna help us with that next week, so, or next month, excuse me. So, all right, how are we doing on time? Perfect. 11.26, awesome. So we got time for maybe one question or one comment. Go. Yes. I like the fact that sometimes we forget um, or we lose track of ideas that we can have and this just brings it back. Oh yeah, that's right, I can do that. Just different things, little nuggets that we take away every time. <laughs> Thank you. That's what this is for. So remember, we talked about the no. This might remind you. What's the key? Do. do. Yep, we gotta go do. I love it. So what are you gonna do? What was the big reminder and what are you gonna do? To, um, I like the fact of reading the books and sharing what I've learned from those with other people and hopefully that helps them in their business as well. I love it, Kelly. It's path to radically referable. So, <laughs> all right. Anybody else? Comment or question? I'm always talking. <laughs> it's okay. What's up? Uh, it's, it's something that we hit on uh, and you were talking about it kind of what this meeting's about it's not about selling to the room but through the room where basically we're all ambassadors for each other and creating a sales team so if you can do a one-to-one -one and make an impact on someone to where they are willing to share information about you when that opportunity arises with their with their people 
Uh, and that's that's really my, my primary takeaway. And then just be more curious. Uh, the more people tell you about themselves, the better the connection. It's a good word. All right. Well, that's a great way to end it. So, guys, I'm going to just say this is kind of one of the things we always end here. So it has been a pleasure this time. And until next time, do me a favor. Study things that matter. Practice things that matter. And teach things to, that matter with people who care. So I appreciate you guys being here today. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, if you've been here for the first time, I'd love to hear more. I'd, so please introduce yourself. I'll be right up here. And love to love to uh, hear what you thought about today. So thank you so much. Appreciate you guys. Well, there you have it. Another Mastermind Project podcast. We want to thank you for being here and investing in yourself. Uh, that's the key to growth because we know that growth doesn't happen accidentally. It happens intentionally. So thank you for investing in yourself. We hope that you found something here useful. As a matter of fact, it's our desire that you've heard something from this podcast that would make a difference if you implement it in your business. And we know that success favors the speed of implementation. Take a note, take action on something that you've learned here. It'll make a difference. We'd love to hear about it. So, and you can also join us and tell us a little bit about it at our next live event. And you can register for that at www.briankmcrae.com. www.briankmcrae.com. We've got our mastermind event schedule there and you can join us virtually uh, at our next event on the third Thursday of the month. So for this time and until next time, study things that matter, practice things that matter and teach things that matter to people who care. Appreciate you.